Hebner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mayers, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, family life, and many others. Listen to the On the Hook with Abner Mayers wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesday, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesday. Make sure you, again, subscribe to On the Hook with Abner Mayers. And with that, welcome in to the OBR Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. And again, make sure you are checking out the On The Hook Podcast. Listen, we're all running out of things to watch and to listen to, and especially on TV. Unfortunately, they're running out a lot of things for entertainment, so... Take some time. Learn about Abner Mayers and everything that he has going on and all that through that. Just really excited today um, going into Thursday morning of Steelers Week, but it's also still Victory Week uh, as the Cleveland Browns get ready to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll just be honest, if you're like me, you're, you're really probably juggling two thoughts, and they're really around something very simple, if the Browns win or if the Browns lose. And I think that those are becoming very interesting thoughts in my head. I don't know if it's true for you, but in my head, the, the idea that the Cleveland Browns could could beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and be 5-1, and one, like, there's there's something about, like, 4-1 and one is great. But there's as those numbers go up, 5-1, and one, and then they could beat the Bengals and be 6-1, and one, like, there's something about that that, just, as I kind of just process in my head, gets me excited and also really ramped up for what could be, right? And, and again, listen, if the Browns end up 15-1 and one on the season, it, it, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, it's unlikely, it's, it's crazy. It still doesn't change how I think probably their season ends, which is somewhere in a playoff loss, most likely to Baltimore, Kansas City, in the Super Bowl, whatever it is, probably none of us are silly enough to, right now, think that with this secondary, with their injury issues across the board on the team, that they, they're going to win the Super Bowl. But, man, the idea of 5-1 and one, and with the Bengals coming and then a bye week, like, there is, there is some weird excitement going on in my stomach. I don't know it's weird. And then and the idea of a loss, 4-2, and two, right? The idea of a 4-2 and two Cleveland Browns team, with the Bengals coming for for a realistic opportunity for a five and two Browns team going into to the bye week, it still creates something. Right now, obviously, it's different. It's weird that five and two and six and one feel completely different to me. Five and two is what I expect at this point. Right? That's amazing. It's amazing to have the opportunity to expect uh, the Cleveland Browns to be five and two going into their bye week. Six and one feels like something different, and so I'll just be honest. Hopefully, this this victory week has been focused on excitement and and the good. Um, 
as opposed to just focusing on, you know, the injuries and the problems and the here, there, and the other uh, that, that people have been talking about. But uh, you didn't come here just to listen to me talk. That is for the After Game Pod. Uh, you came here to also listen to my guest. Um, listen, he's one of the best in the business. You know that. I know that. Uh, so I am bringing on my guy, my friend, um, and a guy that I just really enjoy being a part of the same team with. Uh, so I will be bringing in Jake Burns to the podcast. All right, folks, like I said in the intro, uh, my favorite person to talk to uh, about film and just to read about film is, is Mr. Jake Burns. You've read his stuff. Um, I'm going to start him off with a question about his quick little Ernest Johnson piece that really uh, just highlighted how great uh, he understands film. But first, Jake, how are you doing today, buddy? Great, Jared. How are you, my friend? Oh, you know, just trying to love life a little bit here as we go into uh, getting ready for Steelers Week. But, uh, Jake, my first question to you is, um, I read your Dearness Johnson piece, and I was just blown away by all the details about that play that you were able to break down and show us and all that stuff. So my question to you is, as I read your stuff or Jonathan Stevenson's or even uh, some of Johnny Kinsley's, it feels like there's a crap ton of details in every play. Is that accurate, that there are just so many details in every NFL play that um, it's far more complicated than anybody who hasn't played at a high level would even know? Yeah, I mean, there's a level to, like, even even little bitty league football that, like, kids have to know. There's, it's, it's 11 assignments, and some assignments work parallel with other ones, like a double-team block or a combination route, but, like, for the most part, it's 11 guys, and that's what makes football so fascinating to, to, for so many people is that, like, it's a group of 11 people that have to do their job. And that, that theme is kind of consistent across many staffs, right, is, like, the, the preaching of do your job. It's real because all it takes is one person messing up their job for all 10 others doing it right to fail. And I think that's the fascinating part about football to me and what makes it genuinely the best game in the world is that there are 75 times that your offense does it that your defense does it, and you are relying on the man next to you to get it done. That's why I genuinely enjoy, like I had a conversation the other day about QBR versus what pro football focuses metrics for quarterback play. And it's like, it's the what pro football focus does is isolate the player's performance. And they look at all of the, the factors outside of it, and, and they analyze and try to really focus on, did the quarterback do their job right? Not is the outcome right. You know, for example, he was asking about fourth quarter QBR. Baker's fourth quarter QBR is like 7.9. Well, they're blaming (laughs) Baker for throwing an interception in the fourth quarter. And while that's a result, that's a real thing that shows up on his docket, there's there's an element of he's doing what he was supposed to do. He came off of his first read, steps up in the pocket, is about to rip it to a second read, and does. But the left tackle loses his man inside, and he gets hit as he throws, and it gets intercepted. So it's like that's not really his fault. And that's what you have to do when you analyze the game is who's at fault, who did an excellent job, right, and analyze each individual part because there are so many elements going into every single play that, like I said, if one person doesn't do it right, especially for, say, the defense in that play, if you go back and read that article, I would encourage folks to take a look at it because it's just fascinating. You know, it just takes – it just takes one person on Indy's defense, their strong safety in the box, 37, to just get caught inside a little bit too far and not be able to see Dearness Johnson bust out right out around him and just gives – just his hesitation of a split second gives 
the tackle the ability to, to get hands-on, and it creates an angle. It's just like at football, you know, there's the famous speech by Al Pacino on any given Sunday about <laughs> it's a game of inches. It is literally a game of inches. that It can come down to – and every that's what makes football so fascinating is every single Sunday there's like seven Alabama LSU games. Like there's just seven really <laughs> tight football games, and a play here and a play there is all that swings it. A play here and a play there is the difference between 6-10 and 10 and 10-6 ten and in a football season. That's just how it is. These guys are all elite athletes. They're all great. They're great talents. They all have a great feel for what they're supposed to do, but it's just the little things, and that's what makes it a challenge, man. That's what makes it beautiful and, and, and frustrating all at the same time. Absolutely, and that's why when I when I read your work, when I read uh, Jonathan and you and somebody else was having a conversation about carrying the third receiver and this, that, and the other thing, and, and it just reminds me of how complicated, um, but again, how beautiful the game is. And so it's also why, and maybe we'll talk about here in our Good, Bad, and Ugly, um, but it's also why Andrew Sadejo is, is a lightning rod. Is He ends up around a lot of plays, but there are times where you and I or Jonathan or whoever has said, that's not really his responsibility. He just got back there and made the tackle, but somebody else should have been there um, because there are so many responsibilities and so much uh, that just needs to be understand. But let's let's dive into it. I know last night, uh, if you guys, if you haven't read it or seen it yet, uh, Jake broke down film last night on the OBR Browns uh, film breakdown YouTube channel. I'm close on that. Uh, I'll send out that link as well. Um, but when you're looking at the film um, from the Browns win against the Colts, what was your good? What was your takeaway that you saw that was good? Well, they were able to overcome not really being able to run the football very well. They only they only ran for 35 yards in the first half. They didn't run it very well, and they were able to isolate and put Baker in situations to throw the football with success. And from there, they were able to to allow themselves to get out to a 20 to 10 lead at half via throwing the football and throwing it pretty well. I thought Baker played a relatively clean first half. He he did have in those in those final four minutes a couple of really rough throws that sailed high that could have been intercepted that could have ruined it but for the most part he was he was pretty good in the first half so i was encouraged by the fact that they they used their skill talent wide receiver quarterback tight end and uh, and dumping the football off to running backs and obviously Kareem makes a hell of a touchdown catch too to jump out and find a lead so to me that's the good it's a pretty encouraging thing for them Absolutely. So my real quick question on Baker, you talked about him missing high. That has seemed to be his thing, right? Everybody has issues in different areas. His seems to be high and over the middle, which is obviously as dangerous as it comes at some level. Uh, do you see, is that a, something that is just going to kind of be a, a worrisome thing for him, uh, you know, the rest of his career? Do you see that something that uh, you've seen improvement? Where is that at in kind of his process? Well, we don't have any evidence to the contrary, Jared. Like, I don't have any evidence that it's not going to be a problem for him. The thing he has to do, and I tried to tweet out a picture or a video someone put out on Lamar finding some pretty weird arm angles. Like, for shorter quarterbacks, you know, you especially the, the narrative is you want Baker to climb the pocket, climb the pocket, climb the pocket, and I'm with it. I think that's true. He has to sit in and process. But in the midst of that is the element of what becomes tougher for shorter quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady can see – uh, uh, over the top of his line, not necessarily over the top, but he can see around them in their shoulder height. Right, in he's looking around that, their in, head. And yes, in, in, in other ways that quarterbacks that are shorter can't, correct. So, you know, the, the thing that makes things differ, difficult for a shorter quarterback is they have to work to find passing angles. It's not just finding 
your backside square in. It's what window can I find to get this football delivered accurately. Now, that makes it really hard, and that's why you don't see a ton of 6'1 and below quarterbacks thriving in the NFL because it's not an easy thing to do. It takes like – it's just an extra layer of difficulty on top of what you're doing because if you watch the first ball that should have been intercepted where uh, uh, I think he's throwing to Hooper on a curl, and uh, it's in the video I posted last night, and he has Jarvis on sort of a stem uh, vertical behind it out of three by one, and he just misses it high – it's because a guard is anchoring in front of him and a defensive lineman has moved into the window and has his arm up, and he feels like he has to pull the football and throw it over top of that situation in front of him, and the ball is not being cut, and it's not trajectory, is not going up and coming down. It's just sailing. So he has to work, and you'll see Baker, like, on that play, if you watch it on all 22, he's like, she's, like, pulling his hand down like he needs to get the football down. Well, that's a challenge to throw over the top with, 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 you know, power, but then be able to turn the nose down and get it to come down. So, like, what the best do and what everyone talks about with Drew Brees is, is the ability to find passing windows, but not always just find vision windows, but find arm angle windows where you know that the curl is open, or like I said, a dig is open over the middle or a square and is open, but you have to figure out a way for your arm to not change its trajectory. Uh, you have to find a way to almost, I hate to say it this way, but you have to almost throw around them to be able to fit the ball where you need to fit it. And that's that's as tough as it gets, man. You have, But you have to do it. Like, if he's going to get to the level that we hope he can get to, he has to find a way to do that. So, yeah, a big part of what Baker's going to have to do is, is find a way, and I'm sure he would tell you this now as he's getting more comfortable with climbing the pocket. And it is encouraging. He's doing a better job sitting in. But he has to get more comfortable with finding passing windows and finding difficult and tricky arm angle windows that allow him to keep his normal arm rotation and trajectory, but also it, it, it is it is you know he he's going to have something in his face too. So it's it's tough, dude. It's as tough as it gets in any sport, and I'll argue that until I die. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't like trying to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, but all of you know there's there's just so many extra variables going on, like we talked about. You know, just with every play and all eleven players, well, the quarterback needs to know basically where. 21 of the 22 are at all times and as everything's moving and changing and the picture's changing. So, um, but the good is that they did rely on Baker in the first half and he played a pretty clean game. What is your bad? What was something that you were concerned about uh, from the Browns film from this week? Well, I don't, I don't know that there was anything that was, was terribly bad. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about pass rush opposite Miles Garrett, consistency with that, because teams are going to really, you know, Pittsburgh we're going to see this week, they're going to do everything in their power to not let Miles change the outcome of the game like we saw from from the Indianapolis game. I'm, I'm a little worried about how they're generating pass rush. I, I mean, the secondary, they only gave up 308 total yards, so it's, and they created turnovers. That, that's another good, I guess, too, is like they continue to create turnovers, which is unpredictable in nature, but it's a habit. And in any given season, teams that typically are taking the football away are habitual teams that are take the football away, like they're doing it. But sometimes those things dry up. So to me, it's it's how are they generating pressure consistently? And, and, and there's no doubt, I don't think it takes any rocket scientist to see that their linebacker and safety positions are not very good and they're going to be inconsistent and they're going to have a busted coverage here or there. So how are they able to overcome that? I think they, I, I have kind of, it's kind of been quiet from, some of the interior likes of Larry has not been very noisy in the passing game. The only guy that's been any kind of consistent is, is Sheldon Richardson. 
I haven't seen Jordan Elliott pop like I'd hope over the last two weeks. He struggled. Um, like I said, um, you know, Larry needs to step up. I think it looks like he's going to play this week. And then um, I'm forgetting Taylor's his last name. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm terrible with guys they bring in late in, in the process. But 96, I think, is his number. He's he's okay. He's kind of a pedestrian interior D-line. They just, they just need more, and they need more, and I need Porter Gustin to step it up a little bit. And, um, you know, if they can get – I've said this before, man. I think I think I think Denzel is fine. I think Terrence Mitchell's fine on the outside, but their middle of their field coverage is going to be weak. They have to have elite defensive line play. That's what they have to do. And uh, other than Miles, it's not that great right now. So I need I need to see some consistency there. Vincent Taylor, am I saying that? Did I get that? Did I get it? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's I the frustrating know. thing with Olivier Vernon. Even when he's on the field, he's not really on the field. Adrian Claiborne. Now, Vernon can hold contain and make get a little bit of pressure. But, again, it, there's nothing really coming. And you can see why uh, we hear we heard the rumors that Andrew Barry was, was pushing for Jadavion Clowney at one point because he knows they need something over there. And so it'll be interesting how that goes. Jake, when we talk about the ugly, I know you, there wasn't a ton of bad, but was there a play or was there uh, – I know we've talked about middle of the field. Is there anything that's kind of standing out to you either specifically from the Colts game or over time where you're like, it's getting ugly when for the Cleveland Browns? I would say – I don't think anybody can argue this, but when they have to kick the, fo- the football away, they have to kick off. Like, that <laughs> that play could have totally changed the outcome of the game. Like, and it's bad. I think that there was a wind to that end of the stadium – because the opposite end of the stadium, if you're looking, if I believe the camera angle of the TV is correct, it'd be kicking east. It was fine. It was it was carrying the football. But to the west side of the stadium, it was not. So it was every time they got a chance to return it. And they're just lost. Like, they don't they don't consistently run in alleys. And when they're running down their alley, they're, they're not noticing a returner deviating from a path they think is coming. And it's just a bunch of guys who aren't playing aggressive, and it's kick return guys who, instead of being the aggressors, are just kind of catching blocks and catching and uh, <laughs> catching, you know, like just trying to just, just allowing sort of shuffle their feet blocks. at the 25-yard <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah, they're just like shuffling their feet, trying to just contain the returner. And when you have a bunch of guys who aren't being missiles and shooting down through those situations, you get the situation where they returned one, where guys are kind of shuffling and waiting for somebody to make a play and no one's making it. You're going to have to kick the ball off. It's an inevitable fact of the NFL, and sometimes it's not going to go into the NFL or into the end zone deep, and you're going to have to, to stop returnment. And right now, it's a massive problem. It's not been a other than just getting Parkey to, to to hopefully be able to drive it out of the end zone every time. You know, the Browns aren't able to pin anybody deep, so that is without a doubt the ugliest part of their entire effort on on any side of the football. And that, and I will tell you that you know, special teams has never been a specialty of mine at all. But it's interesting because uh, Prefer felt I felt like last season there was a lot of detail paid to that. I know Freddie Kitchens always talked about it as a third. Um, again, I don't want to give Freddie Kitchens that much credit in life, but um, gave you know always talked about it as a third aspect and almost in an equal kind of footing. May, do you think the injuries and some of that that they've been dealing with in the secondary and the linebacking core, you know, is it a shuffling of people? Is it an effort issue? Is it a? Do you have an idea of what the what what's leading to that? I mean, I don't think the personnel is that big of a problem. I, I just don't. I mean, I mean, I guess it is personnel. I can't imagine Prefers teaching them to catch people, you know, sit and squat and shuffle their feet when they 
arrive down to their destination. So, like, it must be a personnel thing. It's it's they don't have enough special teams bodies on that. And, the, and you know, you bring in guys like Janovich and 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 Stephen Carlson, and some of you're depleted at linebacker. You know, you lo- you lose Jacob Phillips, and you're really shuffling guys there. And maybe you don't want to get them hurt. And um, because you know your linebacker safety tight end group, fullback group is the group you want of those guys in there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. if your safeties are dinged up, your tight ends aren't natural tacklers of the football, and your linebacking group is kind of thin, you're going to run into situations where you don't have a bunch of guys who are, are those type of players for that situation. So, my opinion, it's a mixture of personnel and just a mixture. I can't say it's bad coaching. Prefer's done too well too long to not have coached it right. They just They're just not executing on it. And they don't have the right mindset, in my opinion. And I'm sure Prefer's pre- preaching similar things about shooting down there, being beating blocks to locations on the field. And, and um, I'm very interested to see how he tweaks it or changes it or if they know they can't kick it out of the end zone because of a wind situation or whatever, if they are going to try to corner it and put somebody in a situation where they have to return it someplace they know they're going to have to go. So that's what I'm paying attention to. Indeed, indeed. And speaking of indeed, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's all one word. Terms and conditions apply. This offer is valid through December 31st. Jake, I appreciate you taking some time for us for this Thursday morning podcast. I hope you have a good rest of the week and we get to cheer on another Browns victory this weekend. Thanks, Jerry. Keep crushing it, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. So I hope you enjoyed uh, just just the conversation and, and the detail that goes into understanding film that Jake is just able to break down for us and help us understand, um, you know, the amount of variables that are happening in an NFL game at any time. You know, when we talk, when he talks about Baker Mayfield and arm angles and seeing around and doing this and doing that, like just the amount of detail that uh, Jake is able to see and uh, help us understand how complicated the game of, uh, of football is uh, even more. Like the reality is if someone's slow and, and plotting, it's a little easier because the variables aren't changing as quickly. But uh, I just really appreciate Jake uh, coming on the podcast, taking time. Um, you know, he was on uh, the video last night for a while as well. Um, just always good to learn more. I hope when you learn more, like when I learn more, it makes me more passionate. It makes me more interested. It, it makes me see more details uh, during the game. And so hopefully you have seen that. Um, and we're going to finish up, you know, talking about bet online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. 
about 12,000 of you were at a game uh, last week, but you may not be at a game this year, but you still can count on um, being in the action with Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for stopping by again. I hope you have a good week and make sure you take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns. <laughs>